Now, why do we need the anointing? Why do we need the anointing? As we already saw, the anointing is the power of God. We cannot do anything, especially in the spirit, without the power or the grace of God. It's the anointing that makes it possible to or empowers us to know God, walk with God, obey God, serve God and one another, receive from God, move in the gifts, ministries and offices of the Holy Spirit, preach Christ and the gospel and overcome the enemy and so much more than what I just said. You know, people of God, without the anointing, you and I cannot even hope to do any of that. Can't even hope to do any of it. We need the anointing. It's like oil or fuel to a car. A car needs oil and fuel to run. If a car has no oil or fuel, it will not run. It has no hope of moving. No hope. And in the same way or similarly, you and I have no hope of even doing any of these things without the anointing. We can't do anything without the anointing. Even Jesus himself, the Son of God, God in flesh, right? the Word of God incarnate made it very clear. He, as a human being, needed the Holy Spirit and anointing himself. Come on, people. He needed the Holy Spirit and anointing himself. He could have said, I don't need the Holy Spirit or the anointing. I'm the Son of God. I'm the Word of God in flesh. I can do whatever I want. I can say whatever I want. No, he didn't. He was humble and he humbled himself and acknowledged the fact that he needed the Holy Spirit and the anointing as a human being. So if he acknowledged he needed the Holy Spirit and anointing as a human being, how much more do we need the Holy Spirit and anointing? Amen. How could any of us even think of doing anything like this without the Holy Spirit or anointing? We have no hope to. We're just like a car with no oil or fuel that won't start if we don't have the anointing. So a car that has no oil or fuel will not run. So to a person without the anointing cannot function in the spirit and the things of the spirit. Now listen carefully. The anointing is the result of or manifestation of God's presence. Now I'm repeating these things because I want to sow it in your spirit. I want you to get it in your spirit. I want you to remember these things. I use repetition a lot. Some people might get annoyed with that. That's all right. I'm still going to do it because um, it's a very effective technique. It actually helps place something in a person's mind and helps keep it there. All right. The anointing is the result of a manifestation of God's presence. Now, although they are intimately connected... The presence of God and anointing are not the same. They're different. And that's the confusion a lot of Christians have. They think the presence of God is the anointing and the anointing is the presence of God. Not quite. Not quite. It's more accurate to say the anointing is the manifestation of the presence of God. It is not actually the presence of God. It's the manifestation of the presence of God, all right, and comes from the presence of God, just like my voice you're hearing right now. My voice and the words I'm speaking are not actually me, yet they are me. 
You're with me. They're part of me. They come from me. But I can't actually say they are me. Of course, in God's case, Jesus Christ, the word of God, is God. Right. So if anyone wants to start an argument about that, just stop right there. I'm going to stop it right there. I'm going to end it right there. But um, in our case, our words are us, but they're not us. They're different to us. That's what the presence of God and the anointing is like. The anointing is not exactly the presence of God, but it comes from the presence of God. And it's the manifestation of the presence of God. Let me confirm this to you from Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 3 to verse 4. So powerful. Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 3 to verse 4. Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 3 to verse 4, it says, God came from Teman, the Holy One from Mount Paran, Selah. His glory covered the heavens and the earth was full of his praise. Verse 4, his brightness was like the light he had rays flashing from his hand and there his power was hidden. And there his power was hidden. All right, so the first verse and some of verse 4 is referring to what? The glory of God. What is the glory of God? It's the presence of God. Right, so this is talking about the glory or the presence of God. Then at the end of verse 4, it says, and there his power was hidden. What is the power of God? It's the anointing. Now, notice they're referred to as two different things. They're not referred to as the same thing. They're referred to as different things. Yet the power of God or anointing was hidden in the presence of God. They go hand in hand. Wherever the presence of God is, the power of God or the anointing is. It's just hidden. And you have to siphon it. I might talk about siphoning the anointing actually towards the end of this section on the anointing. So it's hidden in the presence of God, but we have to siphon it. In other words, we have to draw it out and then channel it. But notice people of God, they're spoken of as two different things and yet so intimately connected. The glory or presence of God in verse 3, and then the power of God in verse 4, and the power of God is hidden in his presence. And the power of God goes wherever the presence of God goes because they're intimately connected. Amen? Can I get an amen? Now, you constantly hear people say things like, I feel the presence of God, I feel the presence of God, I feel the presence of God. And although it's not entirely wrong to say that, it's not entirely accurate either. When it comes to God and the Word of God, we have to be as accurate as possible. We have to be as accurate as possible. It's like I said before, you wouldn't like it if someone went around telling people lies about you. You'd be really hurt and you'd want to sort it out quick smart, right? So God feels the same. He doesn't want us believing anything wrong about him or anything inaccurate about him, or anything that isn't true about him. Amen? Amen? Now, a person isn't going to be thrown into hell for saying, I feel the presence of God, all right? So I don't want you to think that. But it isn't entirely accurate to say that. We need to be as accurate as possible. The presence of God is his glory. The glory of God is his presence. In other words, those two things are the same. 
They're not different. They're the same. When you talk about the presence of God, you're talking about the glory of God. When you talk about the glory of God, you're talking about the presence of God. The power of God is the anointing. That's different. The power of God is the anointing. So the power of God and the anointing are the same. When you're talking about the power of God, you're talking about the anointing. When you're talking about the anointing, you're talking about the power of God. So let me say that again. The presence of God is his glory. The power of God is the anointing. The presence of God is his glory. The power of God is his anointing. So first we need to understand the glory of God before we can understand the anointing or the power of God. Why? Because the power of God or anointing comes from the presence of God. The presence of God doesn't come from the power of God or anointing. So if you're thinking that, then you're thinking something wrong. You're believing something wrong about God. Okay? So once again, it's the power of God or anointing that comes from the presence or the glory of God. Now, if you do not have the glory or presence of God, you don't have the Holy Spirit living in you, you cannot have the anointing or power of God. Why? Because like we saw in Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 3 to verse 4, the power of God goes with his presence. And wherever the presence of God goes, the power of God is there too or is hidden in his presence. So if you don't have the presence of God, you don't have the Holy Spirit in you, you haven't been born again, then you cannot have the power of God or the anointing, let alone move in the power of God or the anointing. You cannot have the anointing without the presence. All right? You cannot have the anointing without the presence. All right? You cannot have the anointing of God without the presence of God. You cannot have the power of God without the glory of God. However, you can have the presence of God without the anointing. You're with me. Have I lost anyone? Okay, so let me say it again. You cannot have the anointing without the presence of God, but you can have the presence of God without the anointing or without the power of God. And there are hundreds and thousands of Christians who are genuinely born again and filled with the Holy Spirit. They have the presence of God in them, even with them, but they don't move in the power of God. However, anyone you see moving genuinely, truly moving in the power of God must have the presence of God in them and with them. They must be born again unless it's a counterfeit, unless it's a counterfeit. There are a lot of counterfeits out there. And this is the case for it's from the glory or presence of God, the anointing or power of God comes. The glory or presence of God births the power or anointing of God. I'll say that again. The glory or presence of God births the power or anointing of God. The power or anointing of God does not birth the glory or presence of God. Just like a mother births a child, a child does not birth the mother. That's how it is. That's right. It's just like that. It's exactly like that. The mother gives birth to the child. The child does not give birth to the mother. All right? So it's the presence of God that gives birth to the power of God 
It's not the power of God that gives birth to the presence of God. The power of God comes from the presence of God. Amen? Is anyone confused? Did someone say yes? How dare you say yes? Yes. 